Is there not an entire section on this subject? No, yes, I may have changed my mind in the meantime on that, so it's unfair. I may have, I may have changed my mind about Mithra, for example. Is, is, your, is your book for sale about it? Yes, sir. What have you ever asked God for forgiveness? <laughs> I'm not sure I have. I just go and try and do a better job from there. I don't think so. Let me tell you, 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 let me Hey, what's going on, everybody? Welcome back to Let Me Tell You, episode 74. I am your host, the Evangelical Norm. Uh, so now we're two days late on our podcast. Uh, this is episode 74, part two. Um, so... Uh, came back a day late doing the podcast, had a long weekend, fantastic weekend up in Moscow, Idaho, uh, hanging out at Grace Agenda 2020 with the guys up there at Christ Church and Doug Wilson and Gary DeMar and Ben Merkel and who else spoke? Uh, Darren Doan. Um, trying to think of what other speakers, of course, Toby Sumter. Uh, so we had a lot of really good speakers, a lot of really good, uh, edifying, informative, convicting uh, sermons that were preached. Got to take my wife and daughter this time, which was pretty cool. Um, so it was a really good time. So uh, long drive home Sunday, didn't feel like doing a podcast Sunday night. Uh, recorded a podcast uh, yesterday and did not check my computer updated while we were gone and every time this computer updates I don't know why it resets my microphone to the default microphone which is somewhere in this little case and not this one that uh, is sitting in front of me so uh, not paying attention to the there are sound bars right in front of me on the screen that I can see didn't pay any attention to that didn't realize that my microphone wasn't on so one of the guys this morning as he pulled up the video to watch the uh, the podcast uh, sent me a message that there was no sound and I did two podcasts yesterday <laughs> with no sound so here we are back again to try one more time to provide you with a podcast and at this point I mean half the stuff I'm talking about is like no longer news nobody really well most of it you should care about <laughs> and so uh we're gonna get into it the first thing uh John MacArthur Sunday so here's the deal uh MacArthur goes back to having services uh Gavin Newsom or, or Garcetti, whoever, one of the two, says, you can't do that. We're going to uh, fine you or something. Grace to you, or uh, Grace Community Church files suit against the state for violation of their First Amendment rights. Judge says, okay, you can meet, but uh, Grace Community Church agreed to socially distance and wear masks in order to, to meet. The judge's order said they could meet. Well, late Saturday, another judge pulled that back, said, no, you cannot meet unless you're meeting outside is the only place you can meet. You can't have inside services. And John MacArthur said, watch me. And so they met, they didn't social distance, and they didn't wear masks. 
Um, I'm sure people who wanted to wear masks were allowed to. It's not like they said you can't. But uh, he, from what Phil Johnson said, not a lot of people wore masks. So, and it was essentially, we made an agreement, you went back on that agreement, we're not going to do this. Essentially, the, the thing here is, and I'm glad that John MacArthur is doing this, as a, 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 a face that is well known that is doing this, because the reality is, there have been churches that have been doing this all over the country for a long time. Our church has been back meeting for a good period of time. And there hasn't been um, any issues. Uh, not many people wear masks. We're not social distancing the way we did when we first started meeting back up. And um, as far as I know, nobody's gotten sick. Nobody has caught COVID. Nobody has died in our, our congregation. And I don't know if anybody has in MacArthur's congregation. But the reality of it is this. The government is absolutely overstepping their bounds. We have a constitution that says Congress shall make no law regarding religion or the free expression thereof, which means no matter what is going on in the, in the world, the government cannot tell churches you have to shut down. That is an absolute violation of the First Amendment. They can recommend, they can ask, they can say, which many churches did. MacArthur's church did. At the beginning of this whole thing, MacArthur said, we'll, we'll stay home. We'll see what's going on. The numbers were, were you know, terrifying that they put out initially. And so they said, we'll stay home. We'll do this. Uh, and then after you know, so much time, the people started coming back. It wasn't that they went out and said, hey, we're, uh, we're having services again. We want you to come back. The people started to come back. And in that, they said, well, we're not kicking you out. And so more and more people started to show up. Uh, the second week they were back, MacArthur greeted everybody by saying, this is our peaceful protest. Because obviously, again, as you look at what's happening, they're trying to shut down churches, specifically naming churches in the governor's executive order that said you cannot meet or the mayor or whoever i can't remember if it was newsom or garcetti that said they couldn't meet but they weren't shutting down the protests so we'll call it a protest this is our peaceful protest and um but the reality of it is is that the government is overstepping their bounds in this and it is absolutely a violation of the constitutional rights of Grace Community Church and any other church that wants to meet. And again, I can't imagine that there's a church that says you have to come, you can't wear a mask, and you're going to sit next to this guy. Every church is out there has said, if you're sick, please don't come. If you're susceptible, please don't come. Take care of yourself. Stay home. Do what you have to do for yourself. And we'll provide, I mean, you know, apology and never shut down. And they continue. I mean, they always put their sermons online, but they provided for the people live sermons. And, and encourage people, if you're sick, stay home. If you're, if you're susceptible, don't come. Protect yourself. But if you can, if, you, if you're willing, come and let's worship together because that's what the word of God encourages us to do. To congregate. Online church is not church. 
putting out a sermon online is not church because church includes sacraments. It includes communion. It includes baptism. It includes uh, church discipline and communing with each other. That's what a church is. Just a sermon online is not a church. You can't do virtual communion. You can't. It's not. I mean, communion should be administered by the elders of the church. So you can't do it. So in order for the government to say you cannot meet, you are absolutely violating the constitutional rights of the churches and its members. Can't do it. So it's going to be interesting to see what happens in the, over the next week and, and beyond with Grace Community Church because they have become the figurehead. Um, I know there was another uh, Calvary Chapel that specifically was named and there was a restraining order brought against them by the state. And I'm not sure. I haven't seen any news on what's going on with them. But I just saw an article that said something. I haven't been able to, to fact check it or not yet. But um, So here I go throwing out some potentially false information. Send your emails to evangelicalnormatgmail.com. Uh, and the police chief said, I'm not, I'm not going to enforce any of these laws against Grace Community Church. So we'll see. God bless John MacArthur. Thank you for doing what you're doing. And all the churches around the world, uh, around the, the nation that are still meeting, that are still providing a place for people to come and worship God under the auspices of what the Bible says church should be. And, you know, praying for those who are sick or those who are susceptible to this disease, that they stay safe and healthy and or recover um, and that we move through this. So prayers for that. Uh, and then this week, the, the internet just decided to see just how ugly it can get. So, uh, which, if you, I mean, anybody, if you're watching this, you, you're you on the internet, you're on social media, you know how ugly social media can get. Um, and it just got uglier and uglier this week. So, this last week, Donald Trump's brother died. Um, I didn't look up his name yesterday when I recorded and forgot to look up his name again today. So I, I want to say it's Robert or something to that effect. But so Donald Trump's brother passes away and immediately hashtag wrong Trump starts trending on Twitter and social media because people on the left are outside of their stinking minds and decide that they're going to start talking about telling God. And I think one of the first ones was Bishop Talbot Swan, who is just an ugly, ugly man. Looking at some of his, his tweets that he's put out since then, um, you know, it irritates me more than anything is this is one of those guys that uses the word YPIPO, W-Y-P-I-P-O, for white people. Really? Uh, what, are you seven are, are you a child? This is the most immature, ridiculous crap that I'm, I've seen in a long time. And the last person that I saw doing this stuff was Donald Trump. And I called him on it. The name calling and the childishness, and especially when you're calling for the death of the president of the United States. And again, it's not threats or anything. It's just, oh, you took the wrong Trump. You took the wrong Trump. God, you, you took the wrong one. You should have taken... This is ridiculous and it's childish. 
can't it's so frustrating to watch this stuff and and again the right can be as ugly just as ugly when it comes again you know praying imprecatory prayers against uh obama which i mean i have no problem with the imprecatory prayer of remove him uh from office which is psalm 108 let me let me pull up what psalm 108 because that was the uh the really popular one that was invoked against obama while he was in office and i think it actually does call for the death of the person uh in that but initially it says remove him from office which is uh was actually a good imprecatory prayer but beyond that it got it got worse so uh where is it Psalm 108, I do not think this is it. This is not the one. Psalm 118, maybe. I'm only going to look one more. If this is not it, then, then so be it. It is essentially something to remove him from office and uh, smash his teeth or something to that effect. Um, yeah, I'm not finding it. Let's see. Live podcasting. Don't you love this? Um, remove from office. I really want to find this thing. Um, Isaiah, Revelation, Leviticus, Joshua. Maybe I'm just looking in the wrong version maybe it is king james let's try that real quick psalm 119 no okay so i've i've wasted enough time on this so but there was an imprecatory prayer that uh was prayed against obama and essentially it was Remove him from office and uh, really bound, uh, determined to find this thing. Um, yep, yeah, not it. Okay. So remove him from office and, and some other garbage. But uh, again, it's just ugliness of calling for, and, and, and I mean, there were death threats against Obama and people saying you should die and, and so on. And now there's people doing the same thing to Trump. And you see this all the time. I mean, I've watched this with uh, Jake Eakin. Um, I think that's how he pronounces his last name. He is a, an ab abortion mill evangelist who is just very outspoken. But in his teens, uh, 13, I think he was, he was convicted of murder along with another boy served time, uh, got saved, and now is, is using his voice to speak out for the unborn. And man, there is some ugliness that comes against him. And like every time he, he tweets or posts on Facebook, there are hundreds of comments about how he should die and this and that and so on. So, um, and I mean, I've even gotten them, uh, today. In fact, uh, I had one that I, going back and forth with somebody. Oh, I posted, 
I think I actually posted something from Jake that Jake had posted about abortion and um, abortionists are serial killers. And somebody posted to that and said, you know, you should never tell people what to do. It's a woman's choice, blah, blah, blah. People like you should have been aborted. Really? So now I should be dead. And again, it's just the ugliness of the Internet and things like that. And this whole thing with Trump, with wrong Trump. I mean, can we not have some compassion for the man who just lost his brother? I mean, and and Joe Biden, uh, apparently in a moment of lucidity, or his aide who tweets for him, whoever, whatever, somebody actually showed some compassion and said, Donald, you know, we know what it's like to lose somebody, our, our condolences, blah, 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 which is a really cool thing, whether it was Joe that tweeted it or someone else in his campaign that tweeted it, but it was, and then people were mad because of that. Where did we go off the rails in our society that we cannot in even show some compassion towards those who have lost loved ones. I mean, that's there's something. I mean, even my cousin, who is vehemently anti-Trump, uh, to the point where I would say he's he's probably on the verge of Trump, Trump derangement syndrome. But uh, he even was like, I've lost a sibling. Donald Trump, my condolences, I know how bad it is, and so on. And I mean, even he was able to show a little bit of compassion towards a man that he vehemently opposes. But it's that is lost among the rest of, of the Internet, on the right and on the left. And it is disgusting to watch. I mean, almost to the point where um, I'm not going to because... I have too much invested in my social media with podcasts and stuff like that. But I mean, there was a part of me that says, I just want to get off of this. And I did. I just, I like put my phone down for a few hours and just didn't look because it was so bad and so ridiculous. Why can we not give a little bit of compassion towards people who are, why can't we mourn with those who mourn? I mean, and again, I don't expect that from those on the left who are not saved, who are not regenerate, but I expect that for those from those who claim to be Christians. And then it got worse because, and I, I know you've 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 seen the story and so on. Little Canon Hintant Hintant, I can't, I can never pronounce his last name. Last week, riding his bike in the neighborhood, neighbor comes out. Uh, runs up to this little five-year-old boy and executes him, shoots him in the head, execution style, walks back in his home. Man who shot him was a black man. And conservative Twitter and, and, and right-wing social media lost its freaking mind and went completely off the deep end and took this tragedy... And politicized it. Wrongly. And I'm going to call these people out. And, and again, I even, I'm, I'm guilty. Because I, I posted a picture and I just, with, with one caption that said, will there be protests? And then, I'm not one to go back and, and delete. I'll admit when I did something that was wrong, but I'm not going to go back and delete it. I, I don't, I'm not that guy. I'm not going to try to cover up the the 
the poor choices that I've made. This was one of them. Because this is something that should not be put in the political sphere. And there is an absolute difference. Because everyone is like, where's his his four funerals like George Floyd got? Where's his gold casket? And, and so on. And again, yes, the situations could be considered similar. I mean, a horrifying, tragic death that this little boy endured. That his family lost more than I can ever imagine. The pain that his family is enduring is beyond what I can imagine. I mean, and I lost my great niece at four years old. And that was probably the, the, some of the greatest emotional pain that I endured, losing Emily. But she wasn't my daughter. She, I loved her. She was my niece. And, 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 but I can't imagine what the, the parents, I can't imagine what my nephew felt. And my, his, his wife, what they felt when, when Emily died. I mean, it had to have been exp- exponentially more than what I went through. But again, George Floyd's family lost a lot too. Now, granted, he was much older. He had a history. He had all this other stuff. But again, nothing that, ca- that, that Cannon did warranted his death. Nothing that George Floyd did, even in the minutes leading up to Warranted nine minutes with a knee on his neck. None of it. The resisting arrest, the attitude that he gave the police, the drugs that were in his system. None of those warranted nine minutes with a man's knee on his neck. Which, and I don't care what the autopsy said, that exacerbated whatever caused his death. I don't have the preconditions that... that George Floyd had. I don't have the heart issues or the drugs in my system. And you put me on the ground and put a knee on my neck for nine minutes, I guarantee you I'm a dead man too. And none of the things that George Floyd did leading up to that was worthy of the death penalty that Derek Chauvin chose to execute upon him. Nothing that Cannon Hinnant did leading up to a man walking out of his home, walking up to this boy, shooting him in the head, and turning around and walking back, warranted what happened to him. But again, both of these situations, the murderer is in custody, the murderer is going to be charged, and we hope that justice will be served. I don't know that it's going to happen in the George Floyd case, because Keith Ellis has decided that he's going to overcharge Derek Chauvin as a show of something, with felony murder that I don't think that a, a jury is going to uh, look at and say that, yes, he's guilty of that. Manslaughter, he'd probably go to prison for a long time. Charging him with felony murder, with second-degree murder, with, with, with premeditation and a forethought, I don't think that's going to go. I think he'd be acquitted and there will be more riots. But this little boy's murderer should go to jail for a long, long time and ultimately should receive the death penalty. That man should be put to death by the government. Same way that Derek Chauvin should be put to death by the government. The same way that Breonna Taylor's murderers should be put to death by the government if they ever arrest them. Because still, nothing, no one's been arrested in that case. So again, 
These things are tragic. These are horrible tragedies that have happened that should never have happened, but they should not be politicized either. We should not be taking this little boy's picture. The only, the only time this little boy's picture should be shared on the internet is if it's paired with condolences for his family. And I, I guess we can call for justice, but the, the murderer has been arrested, is in jail, and will stand trial. So at this point, we should never be using this for political gain. Shouldn't be using George Floyd for political gain either. These should be tragedies that we mourn with those who mourn. And we pray for justice to be served. That is what we should do. Not throwing these things around to get uh, likes and, uh, you know, drum up sympathy for our side of the political aisle. Should not be done. What we should be doing is preaching the gospel so that people will be saved, so that these things will not happen anymore. And again, I know that, that nobody wants to hear that right now. That's what, that is a, a dividing line on right and left of, to say that this is a gospel issue. Very few people want to hear that. I will still maintain that, that all of these cases... George Floyd, Breonna Taylor, Ahmaud Arbery, uh, all the way back to Philandro Castile and Eric Garner and Freddie Gray and Cannon Hinnon. I think that's his last name. I really apologize if I'm mispronouncing his last name. Um, Sequoia Turner. All of these tragedies could be avoided if the people that that perpetrated them had heard the gospel and been saved now again i'm a calvinist so is that on god sure are god's ways higher than my ways do i consider god guilty of any of this no god's ways are higher than my ways he has caught he is causing all things to work together for the good of those who love him and that means even tragedies like this that god will use that to 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 work to the good of those who love God. And ultimately, again, that comes down to us preaching the gospel and God using that message to draw people to himself, to regenerate hearts, to save souls, and to see people who are saved and love God. And then those things work together for the good of those who love him. So what is our job? It's not to call people names. It's not to uh, politicize tragedy. It's not to drum up points for our political party. Our job as Christians is to preach the gospel, to mourn with those who mourn, to pray for the families who are enduring these tragedies, and to preach the gospel of Jesus Christ, to call sinners to repentance, so that more souls can be saved, so that God can be glorified and not a political party and not a movement or anything like that. We want to see God glorified through tragedy, through political parties, through elections, all of those things we do, we vote, 
we, we pray, we preach all to the glory of God. But in order to do that, we've got to be willing to do that. We've got to be willing to preach the gospel at all times and use words because they're necessary. Until next week, Soli Deo Gloria. Mm-hmm.